Last we left our adventurers, one of our friends, Orlemon, had a run-in with a few Gripley coming to free a friend, Exegel. They encountered a few dangers in the marsh, a green dragon, and a few blights. Let's rejoin our adventurers and find out what they do next. Alright, well, you had this pretty gnarly fight, but because you did not detour, you're pretty much able to cut straight through, and the Red River leads you right to this thing that you were supposed to find, which is called the Fungal Sieve. And it's this massive tower of vaguely heart-like tissue, and it's just sucking in, you can see it sucking in all the water from the river. And as you approach, on the side, a little sphincter opens up, and uh, it looks like there's a path right in. And as soon as uh, he sees that, Exalted starts to try to pull towards it. So up until now, he's been pretty content just to like walk along at a normal pace. Now he's actively trying to get into that sphincter thing. And it, it opened up at our approach, like we expected. Like it wasn't just pulsating yes. and opening and closing or something. No, you didn't even notice it was there. Right, and then it opened. Um, until it was suddenly opened. Mm -hmm. But there actually, it looks like people walk along the path that it's opening up to. Well, that seems pretty convenient for us. I think that means it wants us to come inside. Exekel, this is where you believe that we are supposed to go to get the flask? Uh, well, we, we can get the flask there, and, and, and then we're done. Um, we just have to go in and get the flask. Fingolfin sees no reason not to follow him in. It's the sieve. It's, it's the heart of the Heartsblood March. It's the center. It's the core. All good things come from the sieve. Is there anything we should be worried about going inside of here? Oh, oh no! The sieve isn't displeased with you. You have nothing to worry about. I would like to make an insight roll. That's a twenty-two. So insight uh, with twenty-two, and you could, other people can give me rolls if they want, but twenty-two is going to get you about all the information you get. Um, he's super pumped to see this. He's super excited. Uh, he's not afraid at all, um, and he genuinely believes. He seems generally earnest that nothing bad will happen to you if you go inside. Fingolfin wants to ask him, are you suggesting that this is a sentient being? I, I, I don't know what sentient means. <laughs> <laughs> that answers that question. It is. Then. It can think uh, like we do? Yeah, I mean, it's better than us. Yeah, definitely. Fascinating. This will be a great addition to the story. So, uh, if you're following Exocol in, he is happy to lead you right in. Um, he's keeping... Uh, he's not pulling away, but he's just walking right in. Um, and as you move through this thing, um, you see massive kind of arterial chambers that go different ways. But pretty much there's a straight path that keeps opening up for you where these fleshy portals open up and you can just walk right through. There's a very well-trotted... To walk right through, huh? Yeah, a right, uh, walk right through. So we don't have to do any navigating or anything. We just follow the path, Yeah, right? you, I get a sense that if... If those weren't opening, maybe you could navigate through, but it would be this long, twisted path. Um, as it is, it's it's just like walking down the street in town. So as we go in, I want to reach out with my divine sense and see if I can pick up anything interesting nearby. All right, tell me about your divine sense. Let's see. Presence of strong evil registers on your senses like a noxious odor. Powerful good rings like heavenly music in your ears. As an action, you can open your awareness to detect such forces. Until the end of your next turn, you know the location of any celestial fiend or undead within 60 feet that is not behind total cover. If it's like a noxious odor, you begin, you fall on all fours and begin to puke massively. Fingolfin's going to rush over to him and be like, Torrent, oh, what, is, what has come is over a... you? 
You this seem is ill. A bad place. Do you need a potion? <laughs> it's it seems quite welcoming. And then it says until the end of your next turn, you know the location within sixty feet and the type celestial fiend or undead. Within the same radius, you also detect the presence of any place or object that has been consecrated or desecrated, as with hallow or unhallow. So there's no consecration or desecration. Um, it's not fiendish, um, infernal, or uh, undead. It is druidic. Ah. Um, which okay. you only know because of your particular religious background. The plot Otherwise, it would just feel weird. Uh, so there uh, seems to be one more big room... Uh, in front of you. Well, it seems like this is the only place left that we have to go. All the directions seem to be pointing this way. Well, and I should point out, when you were asking for direction, it's it's the walls. It's not like any particular thing. It's just the entire thing. The entire sentient... Can't be that bad. Can't be that evil. The life force we're inside of is not Nothing good. to worry about, then. <laughs> no, nothing to worry about. Have we... Well, before we enter... I'd like to make a gaseous form concoction and not use it yet. All right. Uh, so there's there's one more um, room, and Exocal is really pulling. I'm actually going to have you do opposing strength checks to right. make him not pull away. So Orlamorn, give me a strength check. Oh, that's a minus one. Great. Nineteen. Okay. Um, so yeah, he does not pull away, but he's really tugging. He's not very strong, but he's really tugging with all his strength, and he's starting to whimper a little bit. He's like he sounds exactly like a toddler that you're denying them candy. That's what he sounds like. Exocal, you seem to really like this place. Have you uh been here before? Yes. Yes, many times. I was born here. Well then what's in that room over there? The voice of the sieve. He'll speak to you and he'll give you what you what you need. The voice of the sieve? What is that? I, the, the sieve's voice. Uh, it, it'll talk to you. And then from the other room, you hear, uh, "Come, come, come in, come in, come in, come in." Please tell me I wasn't the only one that heard that. Then Golfin will be in the back, still in his Gripply costume. <laughs> yes, still in the Gripply costume. Can't forget that detail that all this high drama horror is happening, while the guy dressed like Kermit the Frog. Is uh is coming in, back in a frog ah. costume? Because <laughs> that's exactly how D and D works. So you go into this last room, and kind of incorporated into the walls are two really large gripply that seem to have part of the walls growing into their their eyes, um, and they're just kind of like semi merged with the wall. Um, and in front of you, it looks like a giant eyelid, and the the eyelid opens, and behind that is it's kind of melty, but it looks like a friendly gnome face. And the the mouth moves, and you hear a tiny voice coming from there, but also the walls kind of reverberate with what Sidney's saying. It's like coming from all around you. And what's said is, it, well, welcome, welcome, well, welcome. It's so so nice to have, have, have visitors no, uh, other than su- su- supplicants. Uh, yes, we were sent here by Bacall Filigreen to get an item that you might have of his. Have you seen it? Oh, oh, from 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 Bacall. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Item from Bacall. Deal, deal is done. S- send him in, in my my thanks. No longer needed. And uh, 
from kind of the ground grows this little pr protrusion, um, and it kind of wilts away, and uh, there's a little flask, just like what was described to you, um, with the initials for Bacall Filgreen on it. So so good to have 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 visitors. Uh, uh, want give give gift. Uh, we we will answer what what one qu qu question. Um, taste much from blood. No 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 much from blood. What was that? In the non non uh, hardly <laughs> hard to understand speech, he's offering to answer one question from each of you. Uh, he claims to know a lot because mm. he's being fed by the blood of the Tarrasque and just whatever floats down the river. So is it fairly common, like, would I have used the blood water in order to make alchemical potions? Is that a thing? Um, yeah, you can you can do pure water, but also the uh, tainted water is, an is a really powerful alchemical reagent. So you have used that in your alchemy. Sometimes it gets in the way, but a lot of times you use it as the power basis for what you're doing. Mr. Sieve, you obviously have much more dealings with the blood water than I do. Uh, could you share a little information with me about how to use the alchemical waters to make the best potions that I can in the future without uh, having any problems? Yes. Um, and he uh, gives you insight on alchemy that, if you ever play this character again, will give you one um, extra first level concoction and one extra second level concoction. So... What can you tell us about our employer? Bacall. Um, half, half more specific. So, so, so much. Okay. What is something that Bacall doesn't want anybody else to know about him? Only master, only, only friend. Still, still alive, dead, in basement. Thank you. What is the flask? Flask, flask, flask is purification, uh, re, recreation, it creates cycle of gro growth, rebirth. Needed it long time ago, N now n no, no longer need. Well, <laughs> um, okay. So it seems from, our, we're we're all hearing all of these answers, correct? Mm -hmm. So it sounds like... Although I should point out the alchemical instructions he gave to Rugum. Alchemy is kind of this weird, almost science, but really magic. And it's deeply based on your personal um, chi, for lack of a better word. Won't so, work for me. Yeah. yeah. But he could tell you the same thing. Yeah, I um, But based on your fi physiology. Right. What is the... Let's see here. Speed velocity <laughs> of an unladen swallow. What is the command word... For the eighth house, meridian, chain, and harpoon. Uh, and he tells you. Oh, wow. Thank you. It's bananas. <laughs> I'll write that word down. It's bananas. Holy crap. How does he know something like that? It's possible what happened is someone who died um, or who was dumped in the Red River knew it, and he absorbed that knowledge. Yeah. So he doesn't know them all. He just happened to know this particular one. Uh, all right, good, good, goodbye, friends. And then the uh, the sphincters all open behind you, leading a path straight out. Let's walk out. Is Gripley or is the Gripley staying? So Exekel is now um, bowing uh, prostrate before mm. um, this gnome face. We're supposed to take him back, or we lose five grand. <laughs> he seems happy. Let's leave him there. 
Uh, I'll leave him. I'm sorry, guys. We made a deal. You, you should le leave my ch ch child. <laughs> it seems we have to leave him, or this building that Torin, this building life force that Torin has told us is not friendly, could become violent. What were the what were the um, terms of the deal? Orlomorn, we we made a deal to either return him right. or not get our money back. Alright, so yeah, you I can... your deposit. Or you could return or you could return Gripley of equal or greater value was the other clause. Right. So I could conceivably walk out of here and then I I owe the man a Gripley. Or I could pass off as the Gripley and try to escape later on. <laughs> that 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 would be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Technically a breach in the in the contract, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I can live with this. That sounds like a good enough plan. Let's start heading back. All right, let's go. All right. So as you uh, as you pass um, out the last finger um, and are leaving this sieve, otherwise small, nondescript mushroom next to the entrance bursts, and the air is filled with spores. And everyone give me a constitution oh, save. Come on. Ah, I got a nine. I got an eight. I got a four. Torin has a 17. All right, and and that's it. Wait, really? That's it? <laughs> and that's it? I mean, that might do things, but don't worry about Game it. Game over. We all die. <laughs> whoa, 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 what? <laughs> Wait, so we got hit by some spores from this exploding mushroom, and then nothing happened? Yeah, there's just this this cloud of kind of stinky spores, um, and you don't feel any different. None of you. All right, well, I guess we should just keep heading back then. Yeah, let's head back. All right. Do we wanna, I mean, do we have time to get back before nighttime, or should we be expecting yeah, to yeah, you carve actually, out the inside of a mushroom and hide? <laughs> <laughs> you actually made really good time. So if you hustle, um, and you know the path really well now, if you hustle and you don't encounter anything, you're pretty sure you should be able to make it back to town by, like, sunset. And if you get waylaid a little bit, maybe maybe a couple hours after dark, but still, you can make good time. All right, well, I guess we should try and get out of here before nightfall then. I really don't want to find out what's out here in the middle of the night. You thankfully exit the Heart Split Marsh alive, um, which is not something a lot of people can say necessarily. Um, so well done on that. And as you move onto the road back to uh, Salton Wounds, um, you notice that in front of you is two ghouls on foot and one ghoul on the back of an axe beat. And they're just standing in front of you looking at you. They're uh, they're a little far away, but you can you can kind of make out. And then as you move forward, you make out the other figures, and uh, they're just standing there. They're on the path. Yeah. In between us and home. Yeah, there's like a small path that splits off from the main road and goes to the Hardswood Marsh, mostly for alchemists and other trappers that that get supplies there. They are on that path. Are ghouls pretty common to this area, or is this something that we should immediately have alarms going off in our head over? Ghouls are ghouls are pretty common. Ghouls are pretty common. Um, they're just citizens. They're scary. Um, but they generally serve as eating all the rotten terrasque flesh people have running around. And supposedly they don't hurt people. They, they're still evil. But, you know, they're just like anybody else who's evil. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're destroyed if they break the law. Um, just like you would be destroyed if you murdered someone. Um, but yeah. And then axe beaks are, of course, in Salt and Wounds, the, um, the favored beast of burden. Are they doing anything or are they just standing there? They're standing there looking at you. Who has the flask? I don't know if we ever specified who had did, the flask. Did we leave it? <laughs> well, let's just say that I had the flask. Okay. All right. Then I'm going <laughs> to pass you my gaseous cloud vial. I'm going to shed my Gripply costume. 
He was a gnome the whole time. <laughs> it, uh... What? Yeah, I'm confused by that. If if things go sour, you can take the, the gaseous cloud and leave the rest of us to fight. And, and You're right, I could. And then I could just take the flask somewhere and try and sell it. You, you have to bring it back because that was the terms of our deal. <laughs> That's the deal. Or you can give me the flask, and I will take it, and hand me back the gaseous cloud vial, and I By will the way, take it back. If you guys all fall to inter inter uh, scene um, party warfare, these ghouls are going to be so happy. Gonna make their day. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's if you're on PvP, they're going to be so happy. I mean, hey, our dead rotting corpses probably taste better than what the Tarasks does, and that's all they ever eat. And they wouldn't go they to prison because us. they didn't kill us. Then they get to eat you, and no problem. So we just try to walk past them, or? I mean, are they watching us pretty closely? Hawking us with their eyes. <laughs> yeah, right. Giving us undue attention. I would like to roll a perception check to see if I notice anything about them. Oh, yeah, nat 20. They're a fair different away. But if you got a natural 20, yeah. Uh, you can see that it's three ghouls, and like I said, one's on an axe beak. One looks a little bit you know, stronger than the others. Like every ghoul you've ever seen... The most important thing they're feeling right now is hunger. So like Orlamorn. Well, <laughs> I, I, I have a satchel full of food. You do. Just throw it off the side of the road and we'll run while they go and get it. <laughs> can I, can I like roll a wisdom roll saving throw to give up my food and toss the satchel off the path in view of the ghouls? Um, sure. All right. I rolled an 11. What do I need to overcome my hunger? Uh, more than that. You start eating the food. <laughs> he opens I it. try. <laughs> you, you had kind of forgotten about the food, but then you pulled it out and you smelled it, and you're like, oh, I haven't eaten in like an hour. And All you right. start eating the food. Is it, what is it? Is it uh, like dark outside? Is it becoming nighttime? Uh, the sun is setting. The sun is setting, okay. All right, well, if I think if we're going to move forward, we should probably do so in, like, a diamond pattern or something to try and just protect us from all sides. All right, so you move up them in a, in a diamond formation, having some strong um, lessons about how to move. I just, uh, once we get close to them, kind of wave at them. Uh, the one on the axe beak uh, waves back. I just keep walking. Um, yeah, uh, Tor, and I think we should walk off the side of the path around them. I think that would be much safer. And then Rugum just walks off the side of the path to kind of guide All the right, group. All right, so you go around them. So you go off, a little off the path. And right when you are at their, you're closest to them, which how close would that be? I wouldn't get any more than probably 15 feet from them. All right, the one on the axe peak makes out a whistle. And now they're coming at you. Everyone give me initiative. All right, let's do this. Oh, that's I nice. I got a six. A nine, Five. which is what I only always seem to roll with an issue. Torin has a ten. All right. Uh, they are going first. So the one on the axe beak says, death to all servants of Bacall. And they charge at you. So the one on the axe beak runs up, and given how you're... Actually, he's going after you, Torin. So okay. he... The axe beak... He's going to get one claw attack because he's up on the, the axe peak at the moment and he misses okay. I should point out that he uh, what you call it he smells really badly other two one goes after Orlamorn would you say you were closer to them or further away closer so one comes up and okay. takes a bite at you and does a 13 hit 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. So he hits, um, and he does nine points of piercing damage. The other one, I think based on how you described it, the other one sounds like it might be Fingolfin, closest, and you have a ghoul on you now. Oh, fantastic. But it bites at you and it misses. What I always wanted. Alright, um, we're starting with Rugum. How many of them do I see around? There's two on the ground, one on an axe beak. How big is the axe beak? I'm not even familiar with those. It is the size of a horse. So you could totally stab him. Oh, I want to do something much better than that. I have a mixture mixed up that is called Thunder Wave, and I want to dip my arrow in there for my crossbow and shoot it at the one on the back of the axe beak. Can I do that without hitting anybody from my party, or are there people in the You could hit um, the axe beak, the one on the axe beak, and one of the other ghouls without hitting your party. All right, here we go. And Rugum says, you had better get out of my way. And that would be a 17. 17 to hit, and you're aiming at the one on the axe beak? Yeah, yeah, the one on the back of the axe beak. Perfect, you hit. All right, perfect. So the one that I hit with the crossbow bolt takes five points of piercing damage, and then each one of them is going to take 2d8 thunder damage unless they have it with a constitution saving throw. And if they fail it, they also get pushed 10 feet backwards from where they are. The one on the axe beak and the axe beak itself make it. The other one does not. Okay, so the ones that are on the back of the axe beak and the one that's on the ground will take four points of thunder damage, and then the one that didn't make it will take eight points of thunder damage and be pushed ten feet away from our party. Done. It's pushed away from your party. I asked nicely for you to move out of the way. You didn't listen. Torin, you're up. Okay, so I am going to take a couple of swings at the guy in front of me with my long sword. That is a 26 and a 14. And you said that was you were hitting the, um, oh, the, the guy on the axe beat, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, you definitely a hit, and how much damage? The first one is 12 damage. The second one is, well, there's your averages, 5 damage. And as a bonus action, I am going to use Compelled Duel on... The unmounted ghoul that did okay. not get pushed over. Is that a charm effect? Compelled duel. It is an enchantment. Alright, so what kind of save would he have to make? He has to make a wisdom saving throw. Uh, he does not make it. So he okay. is going to come right at you on his next on, turn. On a failed save, the creature is drawn to you, compelled by your divine command. It has disadvantage on attack rolls against creatures other than me, and it has to make a wisdom save to move more than 30 feet away from cool. me. All right, um, we are on chloroform. We're on chloroform. Ah, Orlamorn. <laughs> Every variation of your name will be said, even though it's Orlamorn. I actually want to use my entangle formula. It makes plants grow in a twenty-foot square. Are they are they close enough to each other that I can? How many can I get with that? Remind me how how big was the thunder wave? It was thirty foot, right? It was a fifteen foot cube, so anything within that radius uh, would be blown back. Okay, so yeah, with your tangle, you can do um, the axe beak um, and potentially the rider. Although I don't think the entangle will get okay. high enough to get him, and another one of the ghouls without hitting your own party. Let me do that. Well, unfortunately, I roll I roll a twelve. You roll a twelve, and you are aiming at the axe beak. Axe beak. Alright, so this kind of just flies past 
Because this is like a little like uh, uh, flask or something. Right, right, it's glass bottle. You weren't aiming at any particular creature, you were aiming at the ground. Right, right. Um, so tell me about this entangle effect. So, so the axe beak and... Anything caught in it makes a strength uh, a saving throw where it's restrained by entangling plants until okay. the spell ends, up to a minute. Alright, so the um, the axe beak is restrained, the ghoul is not. Okay. Okay. Um, and now we are on Finglefin. Okay. Um, as far as who who is in front of me in a 30-foot cone... And are any of them my friends? <laughs> yes, That's probably. <laughs> so you can catch the axe beak and the the better ghoul uh, with thirty foot cone. That's probably your best bet without hitting any of your friends. Um, then I'm going to pull out my like war horn and channel my bardic magic through that. I'm going to give it a strong toot, um, toot and I'm going to project a, a phantasmal image of these things like worst nightmare um, in front of them. And they have to make a wisdom saving throw, or they drop whatever they're holding, if they're holding anything, and they become frightened for up to a minute. Okay. So wisdom save, my spell save DC is a 13. And you're specifically targeting the gas, or it targets every, all of your enemies? Any, any, it's any creature in a 30-foot cone. That's why I wanted to shoot that cone where my friends were not at, because it would be sad if they got scared and dropped their weapons. All right, perfect. Both of them fail, so... The ghoul just sees a sealed tomb, and you hear like knocking from inside of it, but it won't budge. Um, and the axe beak just sees the Tarrasque. <laughs> so yeah, unfortunately they weren't holding anything. What was the other effect? Um, they are frightened, and so while uh, frightened by the spell, a creature must take the dash, dash action and move away from you by the safest available route on each of its turns until there is nowhere to move. If the creature ends its turn in a location where it doesn't have line of sight to you, the creature can make a wisdom saving throw. Um, on a successful save, the spell ends for the creature, and this lasts for one minute. So the axe beak hightails it away. Well, the axe beak is entangled still. It is entangled. It can't hightail it away. It breaks its legs. And it's <laughs> trying uh, to get free. <laughs> it has to make a strength check to get away, and also, depending on where this thing landed and, and who it, 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 the path beyond it may be. Dense. Yeah. Dense. Difficult terrain, as they yep. say. Alright, perfect. Um, so it's bad guys. The axe beak does make its strength check, because it was needed to make a 14, right? Yep. Alright, so it, it breaks free, but it's having trouble moving through this plant, so it doesn't get too far away. Like, 40 feet instead of 80 feet that it could have done. While that's happening, the ghoul jumps off its back and runs through the same terrain, but only gets about 20 feet. The other two ghouls, one of which is fighting... Torin, one of which is going to go after Figglefin, because it just saw it terrify its friend, do their full attack because they're close enough. And so the bite does... It actually manages to hit you, surprisingly enough. It does seven points of damage. The one that's going after Figglefin... Uh, its claws missed you, though. A big ghoul and an axe beak running away. You have two ghouls, one on Torin, one on Figglefin. How far away is Figglefin from me? Like 15 feet. Um, and what's your AC, Figglefin? Minus 14. Alright, so it gets you with one of its claws, and it does 2d4 plus 2 slashing damage. So it does uh, 6 points of slashing damage. Um, and you got to make a constitution save. Oh, scary. I failed each of these today. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be a 6. Uh, you are paralyzed for one minute. Uh, owie. 
Alright, now we are up to Torin. Okay, so I will... Can I make a knowledge religion roll to see if the ghoul touches a disease? Um, yes, most certainly. Okay. That is an unnatural 20. So you do remember about ghouls. It's just a special quality. It's not a disease. Okay. It's just something about their claws um, paralyzes um, mortals. Okay. Other than elves or undead. Hmm. All right. Well, sorry, Finn. I was going to try to help you. It's all right. (laughs) Then in that case, I will take a couple of swings at the ghoul in front of me. That's a natural one and a 14. The 14 hits. Okay. And when that hits, I will go ahead and uh, Divine Smite. So I will spend one of my first level slots for that. So that means I'm hitting for 48 points of damage. 28 points of damage. You said 28? Yes. Alright, so that one bursts in a blast of holy light. You smited the crap out of it. The other ones ran away, right? Well, there's one, one that currently paralyzed Fingleton. There's a, uh, the Axe Beak and another Gas ran away. Okay. In that case, I will go ahead and use the bonus action for Compelled Duel on the last... Uh, the other ghoul that's still here. Alright, so he's Compelled to Duel you. Alright. Sweet. Alright, um, and that was Torin. We're at Rugum. So what's still alive and fighting around me right now? There's one that's engaged. Um, he will be coming after Torin. Um, and then there's an axe beak and one that's fleeing. All right, I am going to shoot at... Oh, it doesn't even matter. I only got an eight. You never know, man. It does not hit. Now we're at... Well, the one. Can ghouls be charmed? Uh, you don't know that. Either way. I don't know. I don't know either way. If you want, you can do a knowledge religion check. Right, wait, let me do that. Get him, Lou. Eight. You don't know. I don't know. All right, in that case, uh, I'm, I'm going to use my thorn whip. And whip out at it. And I only got a 10. You miss. Bananas. Bananas. Finglefin, you lay there. Yeah, I do. Like mm-hmm. a boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've never seen Paralyzed look this good. Yeah. That's what you're all thinking. Alright. Uh, this one that's in a compelled duel with you, Torin. Yep. He's biting at you, clawing at you. And, oh, oh my. Uh, actually, one of his claws managed to hit. Okay. So give me a um, DC uh, constitution saving throw. Uh, I have heavy armor mastery, which reduces damage from non-magical attacks by three. Okay. So it guess... does uh, one point of damage, and you still got to make a constitution save. Okay. I can do that. Ten? Ten just made it. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Uh, and then we're at Torin. And I will take a couple of swings at this guy. That is a natural 20 and a 2. Dude, rolling hot. Surprisingly, the 20 misses and the 2 hits. It's weird. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> 14. 14 points of damage? Yep. All right. Now we are on Rugum. All right. I'm going to shoot at that same one again, unless it went down for some reason, but I don't think it did. It did not accidentally right, claw itself and paralyze itself. I got a natural one, but luckily I can re-roll that because I'm lucky like a halfling. Yeah. And then, oh, that's a little bit better. I got a 12. A 12? A 12 is actually going to hit him. Oh, sweet. So here's what I'm going to rule with this luck thing. Like, literally, 
you hit a rock that was <laughs> a foot away from it, and it banked the shot off the rock into Excellent. its thigh. All right. And it's going to take eight points of damage, piercing damage. All right. And frankly, that thigh, he took an arrow to the knee and he went down. <laughs> Excellent. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So uh, you have these two dead ghouls. The axe beak and the <laughs> other ghoul are long gone. Kind of went over a rise. You might be able to catch up with him. Not the axe beak. Maybe the, the ghoul. They just have a head start on you. Finkelfin is paralyzed and will be for a little while. But they are wearing clothes and they seem to have all the kind of stuff that you'd expect from any other citizen on them. Was one of these the leader? Um, you're pretty sure the one that ran away was the leader. Well, then, either way, if he's gone, I have one last mixture that I'm going to use of my three for the day, and I am going to... It's speak with the dead, so yeah. I'm going to pour it in this guy's mouth, and he is going to come back alive for a little bit and have a little chit-chat with us. The only thing is that... Until the spell ends, you can ask this, cor this corpse up to five questions. The corpse knows only what it knew in his life, including languages it knew. Answers are usually brief, cryptic, or repetitive, and the corpse is under no compulsion to offer a truthful answer if you are hostile to it or it recognizes you as Quick, an enemy. Press the gnome up as a cripple again. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Put on the seriously, no, get, get into your suit. I'm paralyzed, suit, bro. Man. Oh, you are. I'm down. Right. I'm taking a nap over there. How long does paralyze? How long do we know? We probably wouldn't last know how long minute, be paralyzed for. What was your religion role on on ghouls, Torin? Uh, mine was an unnatural twenty. Natural twenty. Okay. You then, in that case, like you said, you were asking about paralysis. You know, it lasts about a minute. Okay. I will pass that along. Okay. Well, then, if I know that he is going to be paralyzed for a minute, I would wait to use that that mixture until he is out, and have him dress up as the gripply again and then use the concoction on the on the ghoul so you have this kermit looking guy pouring down this mixture down into the ghoul <laughs> the dead ghoul's mouth well I, i'm assuming you guys go like walk around behind yep. it so it can't see yep. you okay that's totally how i saw that scene playing out. good <laughs> good good i'm glad we're on the same page all right you see this thing's eyes flutter open and it says who are you to figgleton by the way. Um, I say, my name is Exegel. <laughs> did Rugum, did you tell me anything to ask him before we brought him back? Yeah, I mean, I would have asked you to figure out where he came from and who sent him. Okay. And why they said, die all of you who serve Bacall. Yes. So I, then I ask him, who are you? Where? How did you get out on the street at night? I'm... Poorly, I walked onto the street at night. What was your purpose on the street? Who sent you out to the street? I, I follow Mordecai. He tells me what to do. Oh, Mordecai, how is he? I, I don't know. Did you travel out here alone? No. Traveled with Mordecai. Nails and poorly, and then he's done. Okay. Mordecai is the axe beak. <laughs> His body, the axe beak mastermind. You guys found the big bad of uh, Salt and Moon setting. It's that axe beak. It's really upset that you made it afraid. So, you can certainly search the ghouls if you want. Uh, what you will find on their bodies is a little token um, indicating that they're affiliated with Fifth House. When you get back to uh, Salt Moons, um, given what everything you've learned, what are you going to do? Take the vial, 
back to the guy who hired us. Uh, so when you reach Bacall, he sees that you have the vial. He smiles. Just a beautiful smile. And holds out his hand, waiting for the vial. It, you give it, and then um, from behind the counter, he produces a tiny vial, one with each of your names on it. And he said, forgive me. I took the liberty of preparing your cures while you were away. Um, I had my associates, you know, get some hair samples from your apartments, some relatives, you know, things that would help me better understand your physiology. So drink each of these, and you, what ails you will be cured. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure dealing with each of you. Fingolfin takes his and puts it in his in his entertainer's pouch. Can I take the potion I took from him with insight? It gives me a plus five insight. And see what he's if I think he's telling the truth. Oh sure. Oh and as All you right. as you take out this potion, his smile gets uh, even bigger. Okay. Because like he gave it to you, he knows what you're doing. Well I rolled uh with that plus five and nineteen. Oh yeah, you're pretty sure he's telling the truth. Okay, great. <laughs> then I bow and take the potion. That's a above board transaction. I'll drink it. And remind me, your mutation was the uh, I, I insatiable hunger and and slightly dense in the head. For the first time in months, you no longer feel hungry. Then I bow again with a and I smile, <laughs> a draconic smile. I grab the uh, vial with my name on it. Now, I'm pretty sure I've seen this movie. I'm not going to turn into a cat, am I? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, you are not going to turn. We'll drink mine. Yeah, I'll drink mine as well. I'm I'm keeping mine in my pack. Fingolfin. Okay. Yes. So you keep yours in the pack. Um, Torin, you literally feel a variety of scales fall off within like five minutes, and you your your natural scales have have a sheen that you haven't seen in since you were an adolescent, really. Looking good. And Rugum. That thing kind of in the back of your brain that it's constantly thinking maybe it would be a good idea to just start smashing up the world, that goes quiet. Oh, perfect. Th- that is our campaign for today. Thank you so much for playing. Excellent. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for DMing for us. Yeah. That was awesome. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. This has been our game of alchemy intrigue along the Red River. We hope you've enjoyed it. Be sure to check out the conclusion interview, where Chris Thompson and I have a post-game discussion about the game and setting of Salt and Wounds. I'd also like to point out that the Kickstarter for Salt and Wounds goes live September 22nd. If you liked the game, I hope you'll consider backing. As a final note, I'd like to dedicate this game to Patrick, because Patrick was my first GM, and will always have a special place in my heart, even though, as a GM, as in all things, I am, in fact, better than Patrick. Thank you for listening to this game of the GM Showcase.